Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me today with my guest, Dave Strauss. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you, Marsha. Hi. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, and definitely appreciate it knowing you've just passed a, a, a big milestone. So I'm definitely honored to be a part of the show today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, thank you for mentioning that because you are absolutely right. Just as a side note, on this Thursday, the 14th of April, I will be celebrating my seventh anniversary as the weekly host of the Born to Talk radio show. And while I started in a studio for the first three years, I have now been podcasting for four years, which allows people from North Carolina to join me, Dave, because, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be driving to the studio where I live. So I'm just (laughs) delighted to have you join me. And thank you for mentioning the milestone. And you're going to hear uh, what's so cool about Dave, and he is a children's book author, amongst other things. But before we talk about your books, because I am really interested about that, let's let's have our audience get to know about you. So sh- share share a little bit about yourself with us, if you wouldn't mind. Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm a father of, of four, so I have a, a beautiful family. Um, my wife and our, our four kids live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Although the three older children are all college age mm-hmm. in a way. Um, I grew up outside of Chicago in Northwest Indiana, so it kind of gives a hint at my affinity for all things Chicago and Chicago <laughs> sports. Um, and, and, you know, from a, from a work background perspective, I, you know, spent most of my career in human resources technology. Um, I did teach elementary school for two years, um, and then returned to the, to the corporate world, so to speak. Um, and most recently I still kind of, you know, dabble in, in what my, you know, day-to-day background was and I do some contract work. But as you noted, yeah, I'm, I'm doing some writing, um, focusing right now more on, on children's books and some coaching and just trying to stay busy and uh, uh, find joy wherever I can. And, you know, it's not hard to stay busy, is it? <laughs> no, no, definitely It's like, not. you know, I don't know how to not be busy. You know, what, do you, what is not busy? What does that look like? I guess that's when you're, when you're sleeping. Oh, my goodness. Right. But, you know, seriously, but you know, so you taught elementary school for a couple of years. What grade level? What what grade levels did you teach? I had a second and third grade split classroom. So. Oh, got it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a really fun experience. Um, okay. But again, obviously, just spent a couple of years there. 
And then you, why did you decide that that wasn't right for you? Why did you decide to leave teaching? Yeah, you know, a lot of it, and it, and it kind of ties back probably to um, how I, you know, in a way, you know, kind of lived my life and foreshadowed certain things um, in my younger adult years. But a lot of it, honestly, was just, um, you know, fear, the concept of, you know, being a breadwinner for your family. Um, you know, we all know that teaching isn't always one of the highest paid professions. Um, Unfortunately. And, you know, yes, and having another degree to fall back on, um, I, I decided to just kind of go back to the quote-unquote corporate world um, and, uh, you know, continue moving in, in that direction. So, fear and, and in some ways, you know, probably, you know, chasing, chasing a paycheck a little bit. Sure. It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just spent the afternoon yesterday with my brother and his wife and he was also a school teacher. He's a retired school teacher. He was an art teacher in a, in what was, I, we used to call them junior highs. Now they're middle schools. Um, and my sister-in-law was also um, an elementary school teacher and I don't know about you, but I can tell you without hesitation the names of all of my elementary school teachers. And trust me, that was a very long time ago. And there weren't a lot of men that were school teachers in elementary school. Only one, our fifth grade teacher, Mr. Good. All all the other teachers were all women. Um, And it's interesting, you know, the value of teaching and, and education, whether you're actually in the classroom or not, it never leaves you. It's still a, a huge part of, you know, who you are as a human. And because we we teach in many, I'm not a teacher, but I've certainly been teaching my children most of their lives. Well, as, as yeah. children, let me put it that way. So what made you decide to change that 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 one that that enough was enough that you just thought, gosh, I need to really balance that. When did you decide to do that? Yeah, and and some of some of the balance, and I've seen some things written recently that you know the the work life balance is a is a a myth. Um, hmm. But I, I had always like you know tried to focus a lot on that, um, but. Um, I had really just gotten to a point like with my physical health, um, you know, that, that I realized my 40th birthday was, was approaching. Um, I was, you know, in, in the office, um, working through lunch, um, a lovely supersized meal, of course, that I had just purchased, um, and, and really just had a moment, you know, looking at the calendar and, and realizing that if I don't start making change now, um, really before 40 was arriving, um, then, you know, every moment in a sense after 40, every year after 40, it would just become, you know, more difficult to change. So, yes, I did finish that supersized meal um, that I had purchased that afternoon. Um, 
but it really just kind of, you know, was the beginning of an epiphany in a sense and that I needed to start taking a little better care of myself um, so that some of the physical things that were starting to present themselves didn't get out of hand. You know, it's it's funny um, how language changes um, over the years. I mean, I think that many of us can relate to those decade birthdays. I understand that very, very well. And as you were speaking about the, making these changes, um, the word that came into my mind that is such a commonly used, commonly used word today is pivot. And it sounds like that's what you did, that you, you, you pivoted, and, and not like on a basketball court, but, you know, in, in just reexamining your life. And sometimes... You know, some people do this in different stages. I think men do it much different than women. Um, that's just my opinion. But, you know, I think it's interesting that you looked at that supersized meal and, hmm, really? Maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea. And, 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 you, and you took time to reflect. And, and I think reflection is, you know, it's a beautiful word, and I, you know, you know a little bit about me. You know that words are really significant to me, and reflections um, mean so much. And as you reflect, and maybe whether you're looking in the mirror or you're just looking in your mind's eye, you start thinking about things. And um, I'd like to sort of, with that in mind, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your your physical transformation and how that actually happened for you. Yeah, and it was definitely, um, you know, I, I will say, you know, stages and phases. So um, in the beginning, it was really just about habits. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I was able pretty much just with that decision to say, okay, you know, no more of what I call the whites, you know, so no more white flour, no more white salt, no more white sugar. Oh. I cut out carbonated beverages, um, you know, so I, I haven't my I haven't had, you know, what we would call a soda um, in, you know, almost 15 years. Um, and then literally looking at that calendar in that moment and counting out the number of days until that 40th milestone birthday, mm -hmm. I just made a goal for myself to work out. 40 times in 40 days um, and just started getting back into the gym. And really a lot of the time was just spent 45 minutes to an hour on the elliptical machine. Um, and that was, that was really kind of the beginning uh, stage one, what I'll call it. And then it really, mm -hmm. you know, progressed from there because inevitably, right. We always, um, you know, again, whatever type of lifestyle change um, we tend to plateau um, so I really kind of took my, um, you know, choice in the, in the way that I was eating, um, you know, to another level, so to speak, um, a lot more protein, a lot less carbohydrates and, you know, getting a little bit back in shape, you know, I, I still had, um, you know, a little bit of reticence, especially at that age to, you know, kind of dive into classes or something like that. And, and one morning I just got up the courage and I started a group exercise class. Um, 
yes, standing in the very back as I struggled with some sit-ups. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was really you know kind of what uh, took it um, to the to the next level. Um, and yeah, happily, um, you know, I've been able to keep you know about fifty-five pounds off. So wow, good um, for you. Yeah, thank you. And again, the the things that you just kind of take for granted, um, you know, as as often as I may have been eating um, supersized meals, you know, I was also at the you know local drugstore purchasing antacids and all those things, mm-hmm. and, and gradually as those things started to go away, um, you know, you you really realize like what a difference it makes, and and potentially you know inadvertently even not purposefully, you know how much damage that you may have been doing to your to your body. I you you taught me something I had never heard of before. I would my daughter is a vegetarian, so I'm very familiar with that that lifestyle and diet. <clears throat> she started. I think she was like nine years old when she decided she was being a vegetarian. But That's I've awful. never heard the word. I know. I I never heard the word whites, and I thought whites, oh. whites. And as you said that, yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, that makes total sense to me. Those whites you talked about, yeah. and um, you know, it's um, it's interesting the term that people use for a carbonated beverage. And depending right. upon the the part of the country that you were raised in, some people call it I'm just having a Coke or a Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Some people have say I'm having a pop, which is what yes. they said in Michigan. And some people say I'm having pop. a soda, right? Right. <laughs> I it's, grew up with pop. Yes, I know because yeah. my you're, you know I, I I'm not surprised because it's like pop. What's a pop? I mean, I thought right. you know it, it's it's just funny <laughs> um, how words have different meanings in different parts of our country. But that was very interesting what you said about the whites. But when did you when did you realize that the physical change alone wasn't enough? What what came next? Yeah, and it really, you know, again, there, there's so much that you take for granted, and and you, you know, you you fall asleep and wake up, and again, you realize that you know you you don't have um, heartburn or acid reflux or those types yeah. of things, and, and you're feeling so much better physically, um, but there was, you know, there was a a contentedness, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but a realization in a sense that there was a different type of, of happiness, I'll call it, um, that I still, you know, needed to, um, you know, chase for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Unfortunately, you had some sadness in your life. Um, and I know that you lost your father. Um, I don't remember knowing how old you were at that time, but how did losing your father motivate you? How old were you when you lost your dad? Yeah, almost 51. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Um, Too young. Yeah, so he, yeah, but still, I mean, he, he had a, 
a long life. He he did have, you know, Parkinson's and mm. um, lived, lived with some of those challenges for a while. And, you know, I was blessed. I mean, um, later in my career, I, I was more on the consulting side. So I was able to travel and work from anywhere that there was a connection. Um, you know, so was be able to be local um, for the last couple of weeks of, of his life. Um, so that, you know, right there, you know, there was, you know, that, that reinforcement, I won't call it a realization. I think it was more of a reinforcement of how, you know, critical family time is. Um, I was, you know, back in my hometown. Um, you know, so I, I was there for almost a month. Um, and hadn't spent, you know, that much time there, you know, since I lived there in, in very early adulthood. Um, so I, I was able to kind of reconnect and have a new um, and deepened appreciation for the area that I grew up and, you know, the people that influenced my life. Um, but then really, um, and it was after, you know, losing him, that, you know, I realized some parallels between us. And, and he was, I mean, just, you know, a great person could, you know, make anyone laugh, um, you know, sweet and gentle, but he was definitely a warrior. Um, and, and that was, you know, where I was finding myself, you know, almost in that sense of, of waiting for the next shoe to drop or, um you know, that type of thing. And, and, and it was, um, you know, just a, a, a quiet moment and just a connection. And again, depending upon your belief, it may have been him, you know, quietly speaking to me um, or, or just quiet thought of my own. I just realized in that moment that he was telling me that he didn't want me to continue down that path. He didn't want me to spend the rest of my life really, um, in that worry mode so much of the time. And that, you know, really helped me kind of, you know, tying back to the, um, you know, some of the spiritual side of things, you know, really start to, to key in there and, and live in and enjoy the moment and try to release the worry. You know, that's, that is such an important message that you we're able to sit quietly with and receive because I sit on the anxiety side of life. I sit on the worry side of life. And, you know, that, that, that's not helpful. It's, it's not good for our health. And I become mindful of that. And I know that um, we'll be talking more about that, but I know that just, just taking a deep breath like that can do wonders for me and balancing me out as well and you know i i was i was much younger when i lost my mother than you were and and my father frankly and you know our, we only get we only get one mom and one dad and then when you are a parent yourself you recognize just how important your relationship is with your family and your children and I, and your wife and yourself. And those are all relationships that need to be nurtured. And I think that, that you are an example of that. And I'd like to talk about your writing. 
And I'd like to also let our listeners know, and I'll make sure that I include this when I do this follow-up blog about our show, that if you're interested in following along and want to look at Dave's um, website, I'd like to spell his name for you. So it is Dave, and Strauss is spelled S-T-R-A-U-S-S author.com. So that's Dave Strauss author.com and you will see um his books there and you'll you'll read a little bit about himself and his family so i i wanted to let people know that but let's let's Thank talk you. about what you you're welcome it's i love the, i love these books so what made you decide to start writing where where did where did that come from well in in some ways i i always um wrote um more for myself. Many times it was in periods like you talk about, you know, anxiety or, or stress. I would, I would journal. Um, but, um, I, I just never really, you know, I, I had journals with ideas, um, but hadn't taken it, you know, to the next level. Um, again, I looking back to teaching, you know, I, I, you know, could have pushed some of these stories forward then, um, but it obviously was not the right time. Um, and thankfully, you know, I, I was moving towards a, a couple of manuscripts and um, a nudge from our friend Elizabeth Hamilton Gurina, who mm-hmm. um, introduced me to Waldorf Publishing. And I reached out um, and shared a couple of, of ideas, and there was some interest. And I wrapped up a couple of manuscripts, and we, you know, shared those and had some conversations. And that's when it really formalized itself. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. That, it's not easy, though, is it? No. No, it, 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 you know, it, it is, it is, but it isn't. And again, I think that's maybe sometimes where the fear comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, the, the ideas flow, um, you know, sometimes it, it feels like it's harder to, you know, capture ideas at times before they come and go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of it was just, um, you know, the, the confidence in a sense. And it was, um, our, our youngest daughter, we were on a walk and we were kind of finalizing, I was finalizing some arrangements. Um, and, and she basically lit the fire and in so many words, you know, told me to just, you know, do it and finish the manuscripts <laughs> and, and get them submitted. So I guess th- th- there were twin nudges. One was from our friend Elizabeth and one was from, uh, <laughs> my youngest daughter. I like that. Don't you just sort of sometimes think, hmm, so I wonder if any of my kids, you have two boys and two girls, or three, I forget. Yes, it's two boys, uh, twin boys that are, yep, Uh, and then a a daughter, again, who's college age, and then a daughter who is uh, middle school age. Got it. You know, you wonder... Anybody, anybody writers in the group of those four that you just mentioned? Uh, a little bit, you know. I, uh-huh. I think it, it's 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 more again. I think along the lines of, of journaling. Um, right. 
and uh, my my youngest daughter and I um, enjoy the occasional brainstorm session for for new book idea. Yeah, great. Well, let's let's talk. I mean, I I as I'm speaking to you, I and I have your website open. I am looking at this book called A Turkey Named Spaghetti. I remember just hearing myself say that out loud. I remember there was a book that I would read to my son that was called Spaghetti, Spaghetti, That's All You Can Say, I'm Going to Take Your Spaghetti Away. I don't even know the name of that book. I have no idea why I remembered that as I'm speaking to you because my son is nearly 48 years old. And truly, I had to have read that to him, you know, 45 years ago. But I loved reading with my kids. I, I really did love reading with my kids. So tell us about this adorable turkey named Spaghetti. <laughs> what is you. that all about? <laughs> yeah, and that was, you know, we, we as well really loved reading with our kids, Um and for the three older kids, you know, it was usually a book, a couple of songs, and then bedtime. Um, mm-hmm. And our youngest um, would always ask, you know, for another story, another story, another sto- story. Um, so I started making up stories, <laughs> you know, kind of o- on the fly. And sometimes, you know, in in um, you know, you, you play off words, you know, um, you know, Princess Penelope or, um, you know, that type of, of alliteration. But then also sometimes I do things that maybe were, um, I don't want to say nonsensical, but in a sense, you know, would kind of get her attention a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those was a turkey named Spaghetti. Um and and that was one that she kind of grabbed onto, um, and she would she would ask um, for that for that story or a variation of that story over and over. Um, so that became one one for the for the list. So the idea of a turkey named Spaghetti um, came from a bedtime story. And what what can you give us sort of a quick synopsis of? Why there's a turkey named Spaghetti? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and in the in the published version, so our our friend Spaghetti the turkey um, lives on a farm and has his animal friends, and and Turkey is kind of the the star of the farm, or Spaghetti the turkey is the star of the farm. And one day, um, with a little bit of eavesdropping, they overhear the family planning dinner and spaghetti was what they all chose to have for dinner. So mm. in a moment of realization, they, the, the farm spaghetti and his farm animal friends begin thinking that he's on the menu that night. Um, so a little bit of confusion um, ensues and they figure out a way to try to save their friend um, until at the very end they realize that the family is having actual spaghetti for dinner, um, <laughs> that their turkey friend named Spaghetti is not the actual menu item. That oh, that's great. Yeah. That, that, that's little... so funny. 
I did she yeah, love hearing you. you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I and, bet. Um, That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I can and, and I, I can imagine um Thanksgivings moving forward it's like, oh, so what are we have? Are we having a turkey or are we having some spaghetti? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> and you know, I mentioned my daughter is a vegetarian, so you know she didn't eat turkey for Thanksgiving. But um right. I'm trying to think. I'm sure it was pasta. I'm sure you're right. That was probably some kind of pasta. That's that's really funny. So and I love I love the um, artwork. It, it's it's great. I, I can see where any kid would look at that book and say they would remember that cover. I love that. And then yeah. you 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 moved on, and now you have this series of books called Rugby Bugby, which okay I just yeah. got to ask you, Rugby <laughs> Bugby, how did you come up yeah. with that? How did you come up with that name? Yeah, an- another bedtime story idea. Um, her, um, our, our youngest, um, you know, well, the, the older brothers played rugby beginning in middle school. Um, so just, again, one night um, thinking about a story to try to tell her um, to get over the threshold to sleep, um, rugby bugby that that idea was born um mm-hmm. and that became another one um that that she would request occasionally um so that was kind of the the idea of of rugby was just the fact that her brothers played the sport um which i had no idea what <laughs> <laughs> that's so rugby great was, um vague awareness um, so we kind of brought that into a, a fun play on words for a bedtime story. And, uh, yeah, the, the first two books in the series are actually readers. So they're of the early education, learning how to read books. Um, so it was really fun and a different type of challenge to kind of write in that, in that format. Um, but, Let me interrupt yeah. you right right there for a yeah. moment because that's very interesting what you just said that they were, that they're readers. Um, what do, I don't know the definition of what that means when you say yeah, they're readers. They're, they're like the yeah they're like the level you know I can read or learning how to read books um, for early literacy exposure. Um, so the first two happen to be level two books. Um, but they're the type of books, you know, to, again, they can be you know, read to someone, but it's also something, you know, that a young, early emerging reader can take on for themselves and, and you know, enjoy and, and play with and, and help reinforce um, their learning how to read. Oh, that's interesting. I, 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 did, I, I wasn't familiar with that term. Um, yeah. So... Um, I, so I get the rugby. I, I get that the boys played rugby. Um, bugby right. was just a cute uh, um, rhyme, I suppose, would be another way of saying yes. that. Totally, um, totally so, play on words. And I love that. I, I think that's really, really clever. Um, so where, where do you where do you get your ideas? Do they just pop in? Do you how do, how do, where do you get these ideas to do this? Yeah, and, and a little bit with um, Rugby Bugby was also kind of tying in um, to 
you know, even some of my childhood memories in a sense, and just thinking of it from the perspective, you know, the rugby buggy's first day of school, right? And maybe mm-hmm. having a little bit of a fear of that first day of school, your rugby buggy's first dentist visit, right? We, well, some of us never, you know, shed that little bit of fear <laughs> about dentist visits, even as an adult. Um, right. You know, so so the the idea right now in the series is just to look at those types of things that um, maybe are first or maybe that we may associate with some initial, you know, hesitance. But then once we dive in, we realize, you know, that that we make friends or that this experience wasn't so bad. Um, So I thought that would be a, a fun way to kind of, you know, have a character that kids can interact with and say, hey, you know, that was like me on my first day of school, or I don't have to be nervous about my first day of school. I'm going to make friends just like rugby did. Right. That's, that's neat. And I, the, the artwork's great. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I think that's, that that's terrific because, you know, kids, kids can be nervous about this and depending yeah, upon how yeah. that's presented, you know, um, you can really sort of alleviate, um, that, that fear, especially if, Frankly, if you were one of those people that had the same fear, now you're pass, passing that along to your child, you know. Right. And, you know, right. I, I think that it's it's terrific. And I, I think that – and it's the same thing with um, – so you're, so so the first day of school is um, one of the books. And the first mm-hmm. dental – the first – I'm sorry, not dental, but the first dentist visit, um, yes. that's – that's a that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I I always kind of uh, flash back when I think about that book to um, some uh, you know dental work I had to have before I was able to have braces, um, mm-hmm. and just you know the hesitance there, um, you know, between those two occurrences, just the, the dentist visit and um, having, you know, teeth pulled, which many of us have to do before you can even have the braces and then having the yep. braces. So um, that's kind of, you know, my my direct connection somewhat to, to that one. But, yeah, our, 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 our kids, I think, overall all did better with their first dentist visits than I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. So yeah. I, I had mentioned earlier that I I really believe I used to think, oh my son can read these books. No, I had read this book, these books so many times to him that he memorized it. He wasn't reading yeah. it. I, I I fooled myself. Um, yeah. But I I absolutely more my son than my daughter for whatever reason. I don't know because he was the first, and I was less distracted because I only had the one child at the time. Um, I certainly remember Richard's scary books. I certainly remember oh, yeah. Good Night Moon, and and some of these books that were just so. I mean, they were absolutely part of his childhood. So I was wondering, in looking back in your at your life, um. Did you have any favorite books from your childhood that just like, oh, yeah, I remember that one? Yeah, I, I would, you know, some of the books that that stick out from 
early reading are actually um, some Sammy, Sammy the Snake. It was a reading series um, hmm. that they provided to us. Um, and I'm not even sure how common it was. Um, yeah. But I, I really, you know, enjoyed those. And those were kind of my introduction and, and kind of helped um you know, my mastery of reading, it was part of school and it was mm-hmm. something I was good at. So I really, you know, connected with those. Um, anything Dr. Seuss? Yep. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, um, I was uh, very much uh, uh, into Encyclopedia Brown. So whenever there was a new Encyclopedia Brown book, I, uh, I, I had to get that. Interesting. Wow, that was very interesting. Did you did you enjoy reading out loud, or did you find yourself basically just reading to yourself? Um, in a, in a, I I enjoy privately, you know, reading to myself. Um, again, in a in a school setting, um, as a teacher, um, now being able to share, you know, the books that I've written. I do as well, you know, enjoy um, reading aloud as well. Yes. It brings some character to the to the story. I think, yeah. and it, it, you know, when, you, when you're reading to yourself, you know, you're just per, pri, having that private moment. It, that's what it is. It's just you and the book. Um, um, but when you're doing it with another child or children or, or whomever, or in a classroom setting as you were, you know, then you're getting to bring the experience as a group experience together, which I also think has a lot of um, value as well. I was just thinking about you as the author and wondering um, what would you say are some of the highlights that you've had thus far being an author? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. Thank you. I, I, I think you you always say like receiving the first physical copy, right? So just that tangible um you know their their paperback books and, and they're sharing them with my kids, being able to send one um, you know, to my mom, that was definitely a highlight. Um, reading to my younger daughter's class. She was still in elementary school at the time. Um, and it was part of the period of time here, um, you know, where they had moved to Zoom school. So I was able to join her classes, Zoom, and and share um, a turkey named Spaghetti with them. Um, and I, I think also I was able to... Um, you know, share some books with the school system where I went to school, um, but then also do a read aloud for a couple of classrooms at my old elementary school. So nice. Um, that was that was a lot of fun as well. Have you considered? I was just thinking about that as you were speaking. <clears throat> I know this is in the written form, but have you ever considered doing your books in an audio? where people could listen to you read your book? Yeah, they they should be available on Amazon for Kindle. Oh, is that right? I hadn't noticed um, that. Yeah. So good yeah. good to know. Good good yeah. to know. That but, that's that's but, 
Yeah, and it's something. It's, it's interesting because I I tend to even um, you know gravitate towards these hard copy books that I have and sharing them with people. Um, but yeah, they are they are available um, for Kindle. Oh, that's that's terrific. Yeah, that's that's thank really you. great. So, so I you you I know you had a kind of a corporate kind of job. Um, yeah. But your but your mind is always working, and 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 I know that that's the case because that's just how everybody is. So, what is it that you enjoy most about the writing process? Um, what 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 do you enjoy most about that? I, I think it, it it's a lot of it are those moments of just creating, right? And, and um, just, I don't even think sometimes that you realize it, like how much joy you're having, um, in those moments, um, you know, but taking an idea then, um, and kind of playing around with it, um, and, and having it become, you know, a draft in a sense that I have the courage to read, um, mm-hmm. to someone else and then sharing it as a, as a manuscript, um, those are those are some of the things that are that are most enjoyable, and and really honestly, um, the collaboration as well. Because you know when you kind of let go of that manuscript and um, you know the editing process and getting feedback and just being collaborative, collaborating with the with the illustrator, um, those th- that's um, a lot of fun, and I enjoy that as well. Did you? Ha- I didn't notice. Um... Did you have the same illustrator for all of the books? Did Ashley do? I know she did the spaghetti book. Did did she do the others as well? Yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. She has done the first three books, yes. That's neat. That's so They're so cute. Um, Yeah, thank you. She did a great job. She did. She did because, you know, if you're a visual person, which is what I am, um, that's what draws me in to start with. Yeah. So what... What do you find as the most challenging part of your writing process? Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's it's interesting because it's the process of writing itself can be fun, right? And kind of mm-hmm. that that feeling of satisfaction of having a draft and feeling like you have a manuscript, but it can also be the most challenging, at least for me sometimes, because knowing when you're um, at least close enough to the finish line, you know, that you're almost done and, and you have something that's ready to share. Um, and, and just that idea, I think sometimes of sharing our ideas and, you know, being open to that feedback and wondering whether, you know, someone's going to like it. Um, those are, those are some of the, the challenges for me. Sure. Yeah. Ego gets involved. It sure yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I I presume that you personally are a reader. Do you do a lot of reading? Yeah, I, I honestly do not do as much sometimes as I think that I should. Um, or could. Let's you know, use could rather yeah, than should. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I really I do um, enjoy enjoy reading a lot. Yeah. That's, so. that's. Are you reading anything right now that you're just loving? Yeah. Um, well, I am. I'm reading um, Gabby Bernstein, who um, you, you may know. 
Um, she's one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 spiritual leaders. She has a new book out called Happy Days, um, oh. which is kind of really a, um, a a book about healing in a sense and being your best self. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that book. Um, and I have finally kind of taken into a book called The Plan, which is by uh, David Kaplan, who's a local Chicago sportscaster, mm. um, which is about um, the Cubs and Theo Epstein as he came in and, and orchestrated, you know, rebuilding the team um, and getting to that uh, eventual and finally getting over the hump to the, to the World Series championship. So, yeah. That's, that's well, a really good one. That's as well. that's that's pretty cool. We we yeah. had mentioned um, Elizabeth earlier, Elizabeth Hamilton Greeno mm-hmm. earlier. You had mentioned her, and yeah. she's actually been a, a guest on my show as well. And I've I've actually met other people, Sally Huss being one of those, and Jenny Lee from from Elizabeth that have been on my podcast. But she's just recently, just recently published a book called The Change Guidebook. And I like yeah. what it says below that because it, it describes this. How to align your heart, truths, and energy to find success in all areas of your life. And you, yeah. my friend, are one of the featured contributors. So, um, yeah. And I have that Thank book you. in front of me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I a do great as well. book. I, I, I love I love how it's structured and put together. Ponder this idea. I love I love that. Yeah. Ponder this idea. So, yeah. what was that like for you contributing to Elizabeth's book? Yeah, and and I am I am reading that as well, and I'm kind of um, darting around. And will admittedly, mm-hmm. as I leafed through when I got my my first uh, copy um, to to my my story um but it was it was a surprise and and an honor um and again you know one of those things where immediately it was like wow elizabeth and and, you know elizabeth has also written um percolate which is a a nice book um uh, like the the nerves also you know kicking in and maybe not quite but maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome um but i you <laughs> know on. focused on on the excitement um and and the opportunity to to contribute and it was it just elizabeth as you know is fantastic to work with and mm-hmm. she's one of those she's like a fantastic you know connector um yes She's always bringing people together, and I just absolutely love that about her. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, yes a surprise, um, but then it, it's definitely an honor and to see the book, um, you know, out now and, and to be able to 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 read it and um, you know we, we decided we bought copies for our for our, our adult kids because it's just a fantastic book and I look at it, it and you know realize if I could have had a book like that you know coming mm-hmm. out of college um, you know it, it really has uh, an opportunity to to help people so it's fantastic it's a great book it, it, and I agree really and I like I like the it. structure 
Um, I mm-hmm. like the I like the structure of that book and and how it's sort of concise and you can do this and you can do this or you yep. can, you don't have to do that. But I I, yeah. I think it's really great that you were um, involved. In fact, I, Chris Fuller was on my show too. I'm thinking about all the different. You you mentioned she's a connector. I'm having um, a guy on my show this very next week, Joe Spurley, and he's he's yeah. a baseball coach. Yeah. And Joe yep. is connected to uh, Elizabeth as well. I don't think she sleeps. I think that she just yeah. she's just she's amazing. And uh, don't you? And you guys both have doodles, right? Because uh, she's got doodles as well. Yes. Yeah. I think she has burn doodles, and and we have labradoodles. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're such a cute dog. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're the cutest dogs I know. Um, all right. So. I know one thing that you and I have very, very much in common, and 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 I mean it's very deeply connected to both of that, and that's gratitude. You know, we are living in some very amazing times in this country and in this world, and if there was ever a time to be grateful of where we are living, it's now. So... Why do you think that gratitude, why is it important to you? Yeah, that's, um, you know, I, I really believe it. It's, it's, it's the basis in a sense for everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and especially when you, you know, uh, move towards an adult tendency of maybe a little bit of anxiety and stress and, you know, worry and, you know, I spent so much time, um, you know, about, you know, what wasn't there in a sense. And, you know, again, that, that um, you know, next job or, or whatever it might be or something that didn't work out, you know, and looking backwards and, um, you know, kind of putting myself into angst, um, looking yeah. forward or back. And I think the, the, best thing for me, um, even when I feel those, you know, moments of, of drift is just looking at what is right now. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, really realizing and, and really, you know, sharing an appreciation and a thanks, um, for, for what it is that we actually have and, and where we actually are right in the moment. It's, it's, I don't remember thinking about that so much earlier in my life. Um, I, I just don't, I, maybe I was just focused on other things and didn't, wasn't taking the deep dive in. I suspect that when I started taking that deeper dive in for me personally, it was probably after my husband died and I realized, wow, it's, I'm looking around this big house going, hmm, it's, just me and um i i find that and i i i'm for me personally i know that my yoga practice has certainly been a major factor in my gratitude side of life and recognizing um my gratefulness because of those we those are words we use and we hear in in yoga um so What's drawn you, you? You you've taken a very spiritual practice in your life, though, as well. Is that right? What's drawn you there? Yeah, and I think it's it's really kind of 
extending, you know, upon the appreciation and gratitude and just looking um, for as many moments as possible to just really be at peace and, and at ease. Um, and again, not, not everything, not every moment, not every day, you know, will we'll work out in a way that we might label it as perfect. Um, but being able to kind of return to, you know, patience and looking for lessons and then moving forward and just, um, again, I, I think peace and ease are, are probably, you know, two of the best words I can, I can find to try to, to describe what, you know, draws me in, in that direction and towards a spiritual practice. You know, what, what word I think has become um, some more than one word. Um, one definitely is balance. I think mm-hmm. that for me personally, um, that's a very important part of who I have to be. Not No, because that, that sounds judgmental. That's something I've learned in yoga is to not be judgmental, starting with yourself. And I sit there a lot on that judgmental fence. And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I work with on a regular basis to be less judgmental. So when I hear myself say something that's judgmental, Dave, I hear it. So there, there is an absolute awareness when I hear those judgmental things come out. I mean, sometimes it really has nothing to do with anybody else. That's like, like I'm, I'm not judging you wearing that. I'm not judging you because, <laughs> you know, your car looks beat up. But judging myself and my own sort of critical side of my being. And I have found that for me, um, this gratitude and um, um, self-care is is yeah. is very important and i and i think that those are sort of related don't you agree that that gratitude and spiritual practice and all of that they're all they are related yeah i i i completely agree and i love that word awareness um mm-hmm. and and that is that is a big part of it as well and and i really you know relate to how you um talk about you know, the, the judgment and now being able to recognize if you're, you know, moving into a moment possibly of judgment, you know, that you can, mm-hmm. you know, sort of sliding down that hill, you know, recognizing yeah. it and trying to pull back and release from that a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and also, you know, seeing like, you know, when we're allowing our buttons to be pushed, um, that, that many times, you know, it's a signal you know, within us, you know, what, what, what is allowing, you know, that, that button to be pushed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I completely agree. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, you and I, you and I have some very common, um, routines. I'm a, my husband was an electrical engineer. My father was a retired military man. I grew up in a home that was routine. This is what time you ate dinner. This is the day my mother did the laundry. You know, those kinds of things. This is how you better fold your shirts and your socks. You know, that was my dad. Yeah. And as an engineer, they operate that same sort of level of, of logic and how you do things. And um, one of my routines that 
both of us know, because I know yours as well, is I write um, something on Facebook and social media, which you and I both share together, um, something called The Word Today Is. And um, as you know, I've been doing this for a very long time, and part of my routine includes keeping an Excel spreadsheet because that's what I do, and I don't want to re- I don't want to repeat these words, and so right. I know for a fact that today when I use the word virtually, it was day number one thousand nine hundred and fifty-two words, and I I come up with the word That's which amazing. is becoming a bigger challenge. Like oh, you've already used that before. Well, but what if you add an ing? What if you add an s? Could you add an <laughs> ly? Come on now, because I'm running out of words here. You know, I, come on, I'm not as a source. I mean, I'm not a dictionary. I've got to come up with these words, and I can't wait till tomorrow to figure out what the word's going to be. So, you know, like you, I, I plan ahead, and I'm sure you do as well. But I, so I do that. But you also post every day, and I, I really appreciate your postings every day. And people should Thank be able you. to find you and follow you on Twitter or follow you on Facebook so that they can indeed see what you write. And it's, it's, a, it's a lovely picture in the background. It's always the same. It's that kind of that blue with the sky and the water and everything. But I like, I like how you conduct your personal side of life by just writing, because they're your words. I, I, when I post these words of the day, trust me, these are not my words. This is me investigating who's used that word in a sentence that I am now incorporating into my word of the day. So I have come to know some incredible people that otherwise I would have probably never even heard of. I mean, Albert Einstein is not one of them, but there are others that I would have probably never even heard of this person, but they show up um, because they are so eloquent in the way that they, they write. So I just... I love how you how you bring that forward every single day. I, I'm appreciative of the fact that you like my posting as much as the fact that I like yours. So in these remaining moments that we have together before our one hour is up, I have a feeling there's a couple of more books out there in the works for you with the rugby series. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Um you know, and and I still consider like the change guidebook, you know, part of what's next. And it's still, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how Elizabeth feels it, but it, even for me, it's like hard to believe that it, that it's here and it's so exciting. Um, but I have yes, two um, rugby books that were um, are, are in illustrations are are being worked on. Um, as we speak, mm-hmm. and we've got Rugby Bugby's first airplane ride, mm. um, which is also a reader, um, and then we have Rugby Bugby's first baseball game, um, which is uh, going to be Rugby's first picture book. So, um, really excited for that one. Um, so those, I, I don't have the official release date yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to, to get the, uh, first review of, of illustrations. Um, but those two hopefully will be out, um, very soon this summer. 
um, I've got a, a, you know, talking about the gratitude and, and the daily gratitude post, and it's really, you know, the backstory on how those came together um, was, you know, kind of a New Year's resolution almost. And then mm. I started posting the daily gratitude, and it happened to begin, you know, right before um, COVID oh, um, started in full. So it was really on a personal level, just um, whether it's serendipity or, or whatever you call it, for me on a personal level, the timing was fantastic. And um, I'm working on kind of compiling some of those and adding some writing to it. And I I'm, you know, would look to pull a gratitude journal or something along those lines together and then uh, I've got kind of a follow-up to, to Turkey, um, to a turkey named Spaghetti. So uh-huh. I'm, working on, I'm working on that. Um, and our, our, our first Labradoodle, Cubby, makes sort of a, a guest appearance in a turkey named Spaghetti. And Aww. I'm going to take the, the next book, I think, and, and focus a little bit on, on Cubby. Um, so... Um, that'll hopefully um, be coming uh, soon as well. Yeah. Oh, I think so, that's so great, Dave. Lot, I think that's. Yeah. I think it's great, and I, I. What I so admire about you is just who you are as a human. You know, I, you just you never know when someone crosses your path. I'm sure you're familiar with the book The Secret, and this, this, this law of attraction, yeah. and. Yeah. Those those are not those are not oh by the ways they they happen purposefully and deliberately. I I would have never seen myself doing what I'm doing now, but I find myself doing that. And um and do I enjoy it? You bet I enjoy it. Yeah, I I enjoy. Well. Oh well, thank you. You know I I think people do have stories, and I think that. While social media takes a hit from so many, and I get that, all right, that that is your opinion. I mean, you and I, we we need it, Elizabeth. We need we need the social media because we want to share our passions with others, and it it brings us together as humans. And whether I'm in the market or I'm talking to a guest on on the on the on the podcast. What it does, and, and I say this frequently because it's, it's so much my truth, it's like putting gas in my tank. It's filling me up. It powers me. It keeps me running. And it keeps me happy. And we've talked about that happiness as well. So I'm just grateful, frankly, that, that you've joined me today and that you've been able to share your story with, with um, our listeners because you don't know who you've motivated. Maybe somebody's listening to this and going, you know, I really need to think about this. I, I, I've got a book that's been burning for a while in me, and, and it's time for me to share it and t- to write it. And you, you'll, never, you'll maybe never know who that person was, but this conversation could be just that motivation for that person. So I just want to thank you so kindly for, for joining me today and making this Monday so special. Yeah, thank you so much. And and you kind of talk about surprise again. I, I was, it was fantastic to hear from you, and and so 
surprise at, at the invitation and, and um, I definitely appreciate it and so happy I was able to, to join you today. Thank you. So everyone, go out there and share a little bit of gratitude. Start with yourself. Maybe surprise somebody. Consider this your challenge for the week and be aware of where you stand in the world, starting with your own. So I will thank you all very much again for for being there with me for these seven years. Oh, my goodness, I really was born to talk. So um, until next time, everybody, be safe, be well, and I'll be having Joe Spurley join me next week. Bye for now.